Hello and welcome to Turbo Tabletop number three. It's been a while since we last done one of these, but this time I am joined by a few more. Got returning guest Isaac. Hello. But now I'm joined with Ollie. Morning. And Steve. Good afternoon. Yeah. Uh, you may recognise the names. We, uh, we and Isaac spoke about them in the last one. Uh, I think we said you would win, Steve, the last one. Went. Going into the last ninth? Yes. So. That's, yeah. Um, you, yeah. you did win. Yes. Yeah, so well done. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, but today we're just going to be sort of catching up with 10th edition, because a whole new edition of the game has come out since we last done one of these. Uh, so it's been out a few months. We've had a couple of 1K tournaments. What do you think to the game so far? I would say it's been um, a big change in a lot of ways and weirdly not that much of a change in some other ways. So generally we're all still moving around shooting and punching stuff. Um, but the the way they've changed effectively every data sheet in the game <laughs> yeah. has caused quite a few problems. Um, you know, you've got, you had, especially before the recent balance patch you had, a shed load of balance issues, didn't you? So your army, John A, oh, Death Guard. Death Guard were utter shite. <laughs> and then on the other end of the scale, my army, Eldar, were absolutely popping off with a, what was it, 67% win rate or something. Yeah, I think it did tip I mean, into the 70s. It was yeah, yeah, yeah. 70 when you removed mirror matches. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah which so, is, that's a first in, in degree terms. And you, your Death Guard down at 35 <laughs> or yeah, something. something like that. So yeah. out of every... You know, 10 games, winning three and a half, it's not... It's not good. It's not good. And that's the worst the game's been for years in terms of balance. Yeah. I think Eldar won more... I could, somebody will probably correct me on this, but I think Eldar have won more tournaments already than the highest rated factions in Ninth edition did. Yeah. Now, there were less tournaments due to COVID and, and lots of other reasons yeah. where the competitive scene has become a lot bigger. But the volume of tournaments they have won exceeds that. That's a crazy stat, actually. Yeah, Do right. fact check me on that, but I... And we came it's up true. on that Monday. No, it's true. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do think that they've achieved their goal, they stated at some point in ninth, of like having regular updates yeah. to balance it. Because it's been, what, two, three months since yeah. the launch of 10th? Yeah, I think three, yeah. And we've had two like significant size data slates to bring things in line. And at this point, I think... We were just saying, like, 54% is the top end of the win rates. Yeah, for Eldar and Cash. And the, the bottom end is, like, mid-40s. Okay, so that is... So it's they, they've, like, shortened the gap. And to lot. put that into context, we've had the worst balance that I can remember, because I haven't been playing that long since I was a you know, wee lad, but... Um, Which was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. The index and the complete data sheet change in 10th was the worst balance we've had for years. And in one data slate and a little emergency thing they did, they've achieved some really good balance. And credit to them. I think they did a good job of that. Yeah, and without a blanket rewrite of everything, it just a couple of tweaks here and there has brought it. I mean, what did they change? What was the big thing to the Aldar that brought them right down? Points, wasn't it? It's, it's mainly points. They they tweaked the way some of the you could do wounding. So, you know, devastating wounds don't kind of spill over onto little units now. They're only useful against big stuff. But really, it's points. So the um, 
the 1000 point list I took to a tournament that we went to, mm. John O, about six weeks ago, went up from 1000 points to 1300 points. That's ridiculous. Mine went from a thousand to like seven hundred. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I, I and again credit to them because like a lot of people when they saw the indexes were saying this is impossible to balance, mm. especially with Eldar. They said they're just they're just too powerful, can't be done. And look what they've done: one balanced data slate, and they've pretty much nailed it. Yeah, it's a, a byproduct of I know everyone hated power level, and the new tenth edition points are just power level by another name. Mm-hmm. But when you have like the granularity of paying 10 points for a better gun, that's really hard to balance because you charge more for the unit because they can have the gun or more for the gun because the gun's good. Yeah. And then how do you make it so that taking the gun 15 points isn't bad? If you just charge for the unit and you get all of your options, you've only got to worry about one variable, Yeah. not everything. So I think it's an easier way to balance things yeah it's meant the lists are quite homogenized though i think as well because you're not yeah. having to fine tune for I, yeah. oh i can only take two combi weapons so I look at the top end a lot of the lists are very similar because there is an optimal way to run chaos space marine terminators and there is an optimal way to run um chosen and, and i think yeah that's fair which is good though because you just as you said you're still paying the points for the premium end but there is no point in running them like you, no one is going to run Chaos Terminators with ten accursed weapons because yeah. you can take six power fists and yeah. two ch- you know two chain fists and all combi weapons. It's the, it's the same with like Death Company. Why would you ever give them chain swords and power, uh, bolt pistols when you can give them all power fists and inferno pistols? Mm. But you're paying for that, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah it, it works. <laughs> it does work. It just I think it's meant that when I look back at the way I'd built models for Ninth Edition. I mean, anyone that knows me knows I, I love Terminators. I've got 75 Dark Angel ones, <laughs> which is too many. Um, and I've got 30 Cow Space Marine ones, and I never run more than 10. But, <laughs> but they look cool. They do AF. look cool on a, in a box in my bedroom. <laughs> Sorry, hobby room. But they, I've got loads with accursed weapons that I built because that was the optimal way to run them when you were sort of trying to save points for other things. And I know everyone in our shop is really good, and if you just said, well, like, that's sick. they've all got power fists, that's that's not an issue. Um, but I can imagine for some people, like with your death company, actually having, oh, God, I've got to now remodel, or I've got to, for big tournaments, that that's annoying. I think I've seen less people care about like, mm. WYSIWYG because of that, actually, which is quite nice. So you just model them. Yeah. As long as you can distinctly tell, <clears throat> oh, this guy has something different to the others... Oh, whatever you were talking about rubber bands the other day weren't you yeah so um like the top death guard player he i watched an interview he did soon to be jono by the way <laughs> hopefully um where he for his plague marines just chucked rubber colored bands on them yeah and it's like oh, okay that's the plague spewer that's the heavy plague weapon and where they've consolidated weapons as well yeah because now the with the plague marines the flail and a couple of other stuff it's just bubonic weapon there's no specific flail so it's like oh fuck it that's the bubonic weapon and this <coughs> is the heavy plague weapon i think that's one of the best things they have done and it started to come at the end of like chaos space marines and ninth edition codex was a good example when you didn't have a power axe a power sword a power maul you had an accursed weapon and it meant you were just rolling one stat quicker not, yeah. yeah i just wish that we'd maybe seen a bit more homogenizing of that intent and not having well, my Chaos Space Marine box has three power fists, like six accursed weapons and a chain fist, and just saying heavy melee weapon and heavy accursed weapon and accursed weapon, and then you're actually running a mace 
as a power fist. And that, I think that would have been nicer. That, that's one of the things with orcs is no one knows what an orc weapon looks like. Anyway. <laughs> so you can just kind of, yeah, that that's the power claw because it's a big claw and he's yeah. powerful. So with crisis suits, what the, what the hell does a crisis yeah, suit Yeah, not have? even towel players. No. Uh, it's like Tyranids as well. I don't have a clue what any of that stuff <laughs> is. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what it's called, yeah. let alone what the weapon is. A Death Leaper could be a card effect, so I'd yeah. be like, yes, <laughs> I believe you. Just roll your dice. Is the base the right size? Great. <laughs> Same with knights. I look at a big knight and I'm just like, it's big, it's a lot of wounds, what am I rolling to kill it? Yeah. <laughs> Can I kill it? The changes to like stratagems and Much better. the enhancements, there's a lot less when you're building your army, like the kind of admin side of it, there's less to remember because yeah. there was like 12... 18 stratagems before. Depending on your army, I mean, Chaos had four pages worth. It, it's it's hard now, even in 10th, where they've done a good job of simplifying that part of it. So everyone's basically got four enhancements, haven't they? Yeah. But even then, you've still got, what, 20 factions, four enhancements of each, plus six stratagems for each, plus the core strats. So they've done a good job in simplifying, it's helped, but it's still very, very complicated. And it will only get worse. Now that yeah, the Spaceman Codex and the yeah. Tyranid Codex, and then even when you look at them, I mean, I've just gone through the Spaceman Codex this morning, finding that Raven Guard, Raven, inverted commas there, sorry, you can't see my hands, <laughs> is definitively the best probably way to run Dark Angels now, not the first company. And I think that quite quickly, there's, there's still a best one that people will use, but when you've got six to choose from, mm. you are in a better place than an Orc faction that have got one set of rules, or... You've at least got more flexibility. It helps as an op- when you're the opponent of a new army that you've never played. So you can have someone explain their strats and their enhancements to you and say, well, I can only take three enhancements max anyway. I've probably only got two. And these are the kind of two mm. key strats instead of having to memorise loads. So you go into a game informed about tactics and strategy and all the rest of it. Yeah, I've I found that you still get the like two or three best strats that you're yeah. going to use every game. Yeah. But then the other ones, like um, Orcs, the Kareem strat, you you don't need to remember it until it's relevant, and then it's there. Yeah. It's, yeah. You don't need to... Even the eight strats that you have, you don't need to know them all off by heart. You need to know you've got your, your minus one to wound, your fight on death, and then a couple of situational ones that you're going to use. I think for the first time I've actually used every strat that I have access to Whereas in ninth, I had four pages worth and however many legions of choice, and I only used the same. Three they were, they or four. were cool to read in the codex. Loads of cool flavor text, like <laughs> good link to the lore and stuff. Never used. Yeah, whereas oh, I can't wait till I get to use that in the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the only one I've not used is the Chaos Armor of Contempt because it's two CP. Yeah. And I, I, I'd assumed that would be a misprint and it would be rectified eventually. And we've, it's come and gone, and it's not. There's probably an internal balance reason for it. Yeah, but. You know, that, that's the only one I've not used because it's two CP and you. That CP is a rarity now, so it's yeah, it's less of a choice. I think there's the Death Guard one, which is Cloud of Flies, is, gives everyone well gives a unit stealth. I use that constantly. Yes, yeah, like my Nurgle one. Some of the others are yeah, I I just forget about as well. Like even with I've got six mm-hmm. to remember, I still forget about them. Easily done, isn't it? And is that I think the, game. the core strats have got kind of that issue. Everyone occasionally will cheat, you know, try a commandery roll. Yeah, but I'm using that less now because I realise that it it's a bit of a bait at times. Yes, but things like go to ground, 
I've like, nev- never no, used that. No, on the way over, I was listening to another <laughs> podcast, and it was the first time I'd even heard of <laughs> But I, I, I like it in terms of, you know, oh, you get benefit cover, and you've got an invulnerable save, but Armour Contempt is 1 CP. Yeah. And Tank Shock, that's the big core strategy. Yeah. Oh, yeah grenades. So Desire reckons a few core strats, you know, are kind of low to, let's say low to mid-level, right? <laughs> We we use a couple of those core strats, but when you like watch some of their footage back from LGT, and they've got these specific like combos of the core strats, and you're like, I didn't even think of that. It's like tank shock and grenades together, good way of getting mortal wounds through on really high toughness stuff, just by charging with a crap tank and getting some crap infantry nearby. All of my trucks really carry useful. A, all of my trucks carry a wrecking ball because it's normally twelve dice on tank shock. Yeah. You're probably going to pick up six mortals off that yeah. for sixty points. Yeah, yeah I think right. the, the game is. I mean, I, I like I liked ninth. I did really enjoy ninth, and I, I think I enjoyed ninth when I got my head around it and kind of the list building and things like that was really fun. And having to the admin was quite fun, but tenth, yeah. it, I do think the game is in a much better place. It, I haven't really come away from a tenth game thinking. Well, I don't even know what was going on. Like again, you know, things like Stephen has a hit this, but like cabal points in things like ninth edition. Yeah, you, you could talk for ten minutes, and I'd be like, yeah, and then five things happen, and you're like, I, I gen, you could have just, yeah, it's just too you could have spoken in Aramaic, and yeah, I would yeah. have had as much knowledge about what was going on. Yeah. And that, something about wizardry and doom bolts, and yeah. yeah, I'm taking some models off the board. You've got a Terminator back, yeah. and you're really <laughs> pleased that Terminator's back, but I don't know why. Oh, that was a good tactic, that one, yeah. but. <laughs> but the game doesn't feel like that to anymore. Do five smites to yeah, anyway. Yeah. It feels better. I love that the psychic phrase is gone, and it's it makes more sense rather than some armies just not having a whole section of the game. Yeah, and their opponent taking twenty minutes. Good in point. It. Yeah, they it's now an attack or just an inherent ability. The abilities are. I don't know if they've quite worked out. Uh, I think my only gripe with them is that it's not a shooting attack. And that just at times can feel like Doombot stuff. Yeah, and I get why. I get you can get around low and operative. So where, you, so where you can't shoot something unless you're within twelve inches of it is the low and operative rule. And these things, these abilities, aren't shooting attacks, so they effectively skirt that rule. And it's a good way of. I don't know. It can be frustrating. <laughs> yeah, let's write that down. <laughs> no, but it, it, I think it's when because of the the, the mortal wounds often. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that because it's that uninteractive nature of I don't even get to make a saving throw against this. I think if yeah. there was more of a, they take d6 wounds, but I was still making a saving throw, I'd be a lot more on board with it. It's just that, oh, you bypass my lone operative or my Nurgle strat or my stealth. On a two to a five, you do X amount. On a six, you do more. I think it's they're rare enough that it's gets just a bit of flavour and a bit of variety. Yeah. So I I. I personally don't have a, a big issue with that. And there's someone who runs loads of lone op. I'm like, well, if you can get get me with some mortal wounds on. And loads of psychers. Sneaking around. Yeah. But I think that's for me probably coming from I don't run much lone op. Yeah. So it's just when you get like the, the Nurgle strat, you're about to pop your CP for your highs alive. And then oh, he's just taking six mortal wounds. Fair enough. <laughs> I like the lore of it though. You know, you don't, my, you know, your, your ceramite armor shouldn't be blocking my mind bullets from, yeah. yeah 
I don't think orcs even have lone operative in their codex. In the index, they're just, it's just not yeah, that's they have. Yeah, 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 Death Guard and no assault weapons. No assault weapons. <laughs> What's that about? Nothing can. Ass- <laughs> You're not meant to move fast, Johnny. You're meant to like trudge forward and be yeah. hard. And yeah, they're somewhat hard. They're better. They're better. They're a lot better now. They're more um, violent now. They're not. Yeah. They're that- indirectly tough because. Being, he does fight. You, yeah, you can be as tough as you want when your opponent's dead. Like, yeah. so. That's the orc motto, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, although uh, orcs, I think orcs have gotten tougher. Mm. So a lot of the um, new stuff, the beast and stuff, had their invulnerables swapped for feel no pains. And it, that's just better. Game changing, yeah. Yeah, so like the beast boss and squig sort of T10, nine wounds, four up feel no pain. Like the rest of his stuff and the statistics are irrelevant because. <laughs> Whatever you've got some saves or something, um, whereas before you had an invong, but mortal wounds just got around that. Now he can live and he can just sit in the middle of a battlefield all game and hold it. I would like to see because I know that the, the best change, I think, or the biggest change really to the data slate was the one of the, the dev wounds because you weren't mm. having, and it was, I mean, as somebody that runs two forge fiends, um, and would have run a third if I had one, I wouldn't now because the points changes, but. 15 mortal wounds and you pick it up I think in our first game oh. I killed 5 terminators and a lord yeah. in one shot and that felt awesome but at the same time it was a broken mechanic I, I killed 15 Votan, fifteen mortal wounds into Votan the whole squad was picked up you, you killed my squid hog boys yeah. did, did you shout um, power unlimited power <laughs> I should have <laughs> but I, I would like to just see I think with custodes that would need a bit of a tweak because it was an army wide 4 up against mortals but some, like I play Dark Angels, some of the stuff like the Lion is now nowhere near Absolute as... Absolute pussy. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Not quite. But he's, he's nowhere near as durable as he used to be because yeah. he has a four up against Mortal Wounds. Yeah. He's one of his command options. And Dev Wounds just go through And Dev Wounds go through it. Yeah. And because he's a melee character, yes, he's got lone up. But if he's not within 12 inches of stuff, you're not playing him right. This is this is where you get the 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 balance and like the rule kind of... Um, kind of shenanigans mm. that happen when they release a rule set. So clearly, dev wounds were when they were de- designing the game were meant to be mortal wounds. Then they looked at the balance and the power levels in the game and thought, how can we fix that? And it's two related but different things. And they've changed the rules to affect the power. And now you've got the knock-on effect of custodians and the lion having some weird rules that don't really do much. Same with a lot of the de- so a lot of the death wing, the watch in the dark used to give you a deny the witch. Now it's a once per game for a film no pain against mortal wounds. Now that's really good for those like little sniper shots things. Yeah, yeah. But against dev wounds, which is the main source or was the main source of mortal wounds. Absolutely useless. It's useless. So um Alan Percival, who's um, quite big in the Dark Angels community, took the lion to London GT and his feedback was just he's actually he was difficult to run anyway because he's a lot of points and he's he's melee based, so you have to play him really well. But now because of the dev wounds just go through, he's not really a viable model anymore, which is a shame because we Hero Ham is great. I think centerpiece yeah. models are really cool. The the incarnate the probably, Ukraine as I call them. Yeah. The, <laughs> should we should we talk about no, that? No, we don't need to. <laughs> are you sure? Yeah, we're good. I think that's um, quite a good joke, though, Isaac. But uh, I, well, I, I said I hate the. So, so Isaac <laughs> couldn't quite remember the name of one of my models, which is called the Incarn, and he he refers to it as the Ukraine, and this particular model is quite frustrating to play against. And in one game we had recently, Isaac quite loudly in the club just stated, 
I hate the Ukraine. <laughs> I don't, for the record. <laughs> but I, I think that... I'll edit that bit out. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, well, for the record. <laughs> but I, I think that I would... I think next pa- patch, I would just like to see a couple of tweaks to those mortal wounds things. So those, those rules that were meant to be there for a reason and were flavourful. Are kind of still there, and it's. I'd be com- I'd be confident that they'll fix that, either with points or rules. Yeah, if the lion drops by points, yeah, and Deathwing drops by points, it works. Well, it, but... Even when the codex comes out, it just get switched to something else. Yeah. That's the thing; we don't know what the codexes are going to bring a lot, and with yeah. they haven't changed much for Marines though. But with the different detachments and things, mm. they can easily introduce new rules like that. So, I mean, with Death. Uh, what we're talking about with Dark Angels getting their own codex, there could be one that the Lion leads a squad of, yeah, whatever. Well, the Oyster, isn't it? Yeah, and then being lone operative is irrelevant then because he's got a unit, he's then easier to run because there's a gun line in front of him, so he kind of indirectly has shooting. I just hope this opens a lot. They have because I, I imagine because Dark Angels and Chaos are spring, so those books have been written. You know. Oh yeah. So I'm hoping that they don't drop and then have to have but a lot of the wording in this doesn't really work anymore so you have <laughs> the data, you know, it's the app that is going to be right. Whereas I think the codexes that come out later on are going to be probably really good and they will be really fun and I think 10th has like Chaos are a really fun army to play. Not just because they're pretty good but it's so fluffy. It's really nice to be like, I'm going to get better I failed three cultists have just exploded because they tried to make a pact with a god that thought, <laughs> no son. And that's that's really fun. They feel fun, and I, that's one of the things I really like about the the way they've changed characters. And now they lead a unit. Yeah, it feels like for orcs, you've got your war boss leading your your mob of dead hard knobs, going in with the power claws, <laughs> and just blending everything in sight. Feels a lot better than the war boss is sort of just standing next nearby. To them. <laughs> yeah, and he fails so the charge. He's <laughs> egging them on from the sideline. Go on, lads, get in there. No. <laughs> He's in there. He's getting in the mix. Crumpy. I think that's nice. Crumping. Abaddon leading legionaries is my favourite. Like the idea of this kind of like Primarch-sized marine running around with his little mates in power armour on the 32 mil bases while he's doing 60. Just lobbing them in. But yeah, Abaddon in a 10-man Terminator squad. That's 40k for me. That's like, when I think of 40k, I think of Terminators and you know, Belial leading Terminators. It's just cool. It is way cooler. And there's loads of like modelling projects in that you can make your own just staring or whatever they're called yeah i have now. been and yeah, uh, yeah your own little retinues yeah, yeah my bringers <clears> of despair <throat> i've got um a death shroud in there i've got a rubric marine yeah. i've got a fallen i've got a couple of just tearing models i've just kitbashed some iron warrior ones and uh, i've got a demon like a terminate with a demon head so that's that's been really fun um and i haven't it's why i've got 30 cast terminators um <laughs> and they'll be going up i imagine but i really like that and it's much better now Abaddon is in that unit of, you know, the Black Legion's elite from all of the chapters. Yeah. Uh, legions, rather. Yeah, it's cool. That's my goal when I get, when we finished here and I've gotten home, I've got to turn the war boss in Mega Armor kit into a Big Mac with a custom force field. Nice. I went through, we got, like, fiddling through my bits box yesterday to find all the little pieces for it. Got the Sprugu out and the knife. Are you going to make a force field? No. No, <laughs> I did. I, I I can't remember who it was who posted on the Discord the other day talking about it. But I, immediately, I was like, "If you got one of those like Christmas baubles that you can put your own things inside, that's already like half spit mm, yeah. 
You could, I mean, I have got some of those. Maybe I could. I'll put on a Maybe flying stand or something like that. Yeah. Could do a little force. I think you can get some of those off Etsy. They're like clear plastic and they yeah. kind of look like a force. They're like segmented, like sort like of the halo bubble. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. 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 Even if you just had it like on a shoulder so it looked like something had made a connection. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe I will then. <laughs> <laughs> the last one I did, I got a little Tau uh, drone and he's got a Tau drone flying off his backpack. With That's a force cool. Field generator That's very awesome. It's awful. a little nice. shield drone. And he's that's turned cool. it into the custom force. You'd like a little lead on it almost, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> like a chain. No, it literally has. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. Best thing about orcs is that you can just... Every kit's an orc kit. Yeah. 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 I've got the big pig from Age of Sigmar. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Rigs turn into a truck or a battle wagon. Not a kill rig? No, kill rigs. Unfo- I only, already own two kill rigs, and unfortunately they're not what they once were. Oh. Uh, hopefully, when the codex drops, I can bring them back, because I do like my kill rigs. I have... Um... An unrelated point to make about tenth. He's been stewing on this. Yeah. Well, it's you know we're saying how tenth has felt in a lot of ways more fun than ninth, mm. and I reckon again credit to G Dubs right, tactical missions, tactical secondaries. It's yeah. been fun. Oh, I hate it. It's so flexible, I love it. so random, but they feel so I don't know, just fun. I was reading this morning though that people are now pivoting to fix to. Now that they're kind of the meta is settling and the lists are settling. Yeah, I was going to say my plan now <laughs> is to ignore all of that fun and like push into the you know finding the five points in a win. Because so, oh, so I was going to give a bit of context to what that actually means. So there is a primary mission and it's like points on the table that you've got to hold and you score points for those. But there are also secondary missions uh, that in ninth edition. You pick them at the start of the game, and armies had specific ones that they could do. And if you, when you built your army, you had to build to your mm. secondaries. It's really tightly integrated. Yeah. You build an army to score those secondary missions. Yeah. Just a, a super efficient engine is yes. what you were doing. Yeah. It was but fun as well. It was fun. A bit gatekeepy like, at times, though. If you didn't know how to play competitively, you could just get. Or if you just straight up didn't have the models. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It's like the Blood Angels. If you didn't have speed, then you're why bother? Or a master of possession for chaos, which you couldn't buy outside of the start <laughs> collecting box, which they stopped producing. <laughs> and, and that that bit of context, Jono. So going into tenth, you can now do either. So you can either do the fixed kind of you know link your army build to the secondaries approach, which is becoming more common as of last weekend or last last month. Um, but there's also the tactical way of playing, which is really flexible, yeah. the more fun way. So you have a deck of cards that you shuffle and you draw two at the start of your turn and they're what you have to achieve. And there can be things like be in the corners, be in the middle. <laughs> yeah, I hate that one. <laughs> yeah, kill and, some characters yeah. or yeah, take there's a point. The, yeah. the thing that I don't like about tactical is assassinate and bring it down are perfect examples of that. When your opponent just rolls hot and they you've you've set up to kill three characters, you merc one of them and the other two, they make their saves and they're left on one wound. You've then scored yeah, assassinate yeah. the problem. and assassinate's gone. So you've put all that effort into setting up I'm gonna score big on assassinate, you lose to variants. Well and it's gone. I oh, I hate that. In <laughs> our in our game, I had the problem of treating um assassinate as if it should be a fixed thing that I was keeping 
Yeah. And I played three turns um, with Assassinate and just kept thinking, odds wise, he should have died. That that character should have died. I just, you were rolling well, I was rolling poorly. And actually playing more tact to the tactical secondaries, I would have done, I mean, I I drew what the next card would have been and it was an easy score. And the key thing you learned in that game was, um, and this is like the evolution (laughs) of being efficient in scoring points and playing like optimally was don't keep secondaries that I can't absolutely guarantee. You know, because you might score the five points, but then in that case, you didn't score that for two turns. You had to take three turns to score it and you effectively lost five, ten points. Uh, It was only three points in the game. So it was a big, that was a big learning curve. Yeah, I had the same thing. And it's changed. So it was in the 1K tournament. I was just holding on to things that I should have been able to score, but hadn't. It's changed how I build lists now. So all of my orc lists have two or three five-man squads of storm boys ready to just deep strike in for teleport homers, investigate yeah. signals, engage, mm. just when they need to be somewhere. Good when list they need to building. be somewhere on the board, they're there. And a two, it, it feels like a tax because two five-man squads of storm boys don't really do anything. Yeah, they'll they'll pick up a backline unit of cultists or Gretchen or whatever, but they're not swing in the game in any other way than they need to be nine inches from a corner. How many points are they? Yeah, uh, 65 points. Yeah, because, I mean, we've got access. Chaos, Nurglings, 35 points. So I've got a unit of Nurglings now on my list. They did scrap the Vindicare Assassin in my game on Thursday. Um, it was a really pathetic fight until the Vindicare put a damage three pistol straight through a bloody Nurgling. It felt <laughs> dramatic. It was a little cute bastard. He lined three Nurglings up and around just shot them all through well, the Well, sp- spawn exploded, but... Um, like they dropped in on a back corner, and then it was like that—that's my thirty-five points. And for thirty-five points, that doesn't feel like a bad trade. But if you've not got that thirty-five point so we, we, deep strike unit, yeah, we've got forty-point Gretchen who will sit on a home objective and farm CP, and they're fantastic. Like the forty-point Gretchen are good enough that I consider putting them into a truck every game to just drive them onto an objective <laughs> and be there. But one hundred and thirty points to score something on investigate signals when I've got a fast army anyway but then they can't get to the corners but what happens if you draw investigate turn one you're fucked yeah, yeah you are I've got, nothing... I've, I've got to try and race a truck <laughs> well weirdly the day John you were stood like a chad in the middle of the board weren't you yeah. like flexing with your toughness and then you drew investigate and we're like measuring out can you get to any of these corners in the board no not a single that one. is I think definitively the worst secondary because so much of the game is played around, get to the objectives that are here, here, and here. And if you draw that first turn, you're never going to get it because very few <laughs> lists are fast enough. You should, if you, well, this so this is like the evolution of understanding tactical secondaries, I think. Because in first turn, if you can't get to two corners, you've deployed wrong. Because everyone can get to two corners. Which well, depends on. Turn. Some of that does depend on terrain setup as well. A, a little yeah. bit. I, I would say 95% of the time everyone should get. So that's four points. And that's absolutely fine on a on any te- um, tactical mm. secondary. Um, in fact, there was some analysis done um, on scoring secondaries. And the average is two and a half victory points per secondary tactical secondary you score. I think Goonhammer did it. Um, I love their breakdowns. Mm. That is some... So if you're, if you're beating two and a half points per secondary, you're yep. odds on. Yeah, so there's there's variance in it. Like if you're winning really really high, then it's kind of not quite the case. But as an average, if you can score anything, frankly, three to five points, you're doing well on every secondary. But then you won't score 
every second. But if you draw that fourth turn, and you 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 know you've got a low um, model count army, you're kind of taking the midboard. Yeah, it's just not scorable. Yeah, and that's a ditch one. And you know there is the, you know you can get rid of it for a CP, but then that might be part of the plan. I just think that it's one of those that if you've got a lot of a lot of units, a lot of fast stuff, brilliant. Like if I was running loads of warp talons and raptors. Yeah. I, but then you can't run loads of warp towns and raptors just for one. That's what you said for one secondary. So I'd, I'd look at it the other way, like from my flimsy, not in the face, not in the face Eldar. Those, <laughs> that's those. It's a, a very good summary of how Steve plays. <laughs> those, those tactical secondaries are really easy. But then the stuff that's easy, like actually for all of your armies, like tougher mid-board kind of push armies, I uh, I struggle with like taking objectives off people. Um, you know, going and standing in the middle, like area denial for I me. Love area denial. Yeah. Absolutely hate it. What am I going to put? Like <laughs> five one wound toughness three bodies in the middle. It's literally go and commit suicide in the middle and hopefully score me five points. And that's I think the new thing with tenth is you're kind of with with secondaries like that. You're actually having to make the toss up of oh I can score that, but I will lose the unit next yeah. turn. Whereas with ninth, because you could build around secondaries. Yeah. You could score them, and it was more about putting yourself in a place where you were playing your game, and you were able to play your game, and you yeah. know your terminators were protecting the squishy whatever it was, and yeah. or you like my black legion, you take the mid board. I really struggled in missions that didn't have a mid board because then yeah. you ended up with those terminators on a flank, and then everyone ignored them, and yeah, you end up the classic <laughs> wheel. Yeah. yeah, and I've got a thousand points that cannot <laughs> die sat on half a, a table. Points. It's really, really Give tough doing was, absolutely yeah. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> It I, is, I yeah. love it when that happens. <laughs> yeah, you just, all right, you, your Terminator's there. You've deployed first. Your Terminator's over there. I'm going to be as far away as possible. Whereas with a mid-board, <laughs> put them right in front of the middle and you go, you Terminator's going to go to the middle. I'm going to have that. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now it's... I, but I do like that it isn't like that. You shouldn't... Those murder balls, which kind of do still exist. Yeah. That tower one you shared was horrendous. Yeah. But... And I hope GW responds, because they did with... Uh, death watch when people were figuring out like 90 mortal wounds in but a turn the flip side of that is to get that damage output you probably lose two crisis suits to hazardous yeah and they're not that tough because they're vehicles and how many CP it was like two or three CP in uh, I think it was only two CP yeah okay. I mean one. still two yeah yeah it's, it's big intent but you're not doing that turn one uh, well you, you probably are because you can take an ethereal oh, who okay. sits off the board and just generates CP you can do it off the board. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you can use abilities while you're in strategic reserve like that. And the ethereal, it's I think weird. it's on a four up. But if it's in a transport, it can't. Yeah. yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. This was the, that was the whole discussion we had. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. But I'm definitely taking an ethereal yeah. who's going to sit in space. <laughs> just on on that note, what the game desperately does need is an FAQ because yeah. there are. I was I was reading on Reddit the other day, and there's always. There is always some troll that is trying to, to break or twist something. Fucking Reddit. But with <laughs> Hellblasters and their ability to shoot on death, which even though I do run 10 Hellblasters when I do play Space Marines, I don't like that as a function. I'm running it because why wouldn't you? Power. Yeah. Well, on Overwatch, so the Overwatch strat states until the end of the phase you are hitting on sixes. But most people are playing it that you shoot the Hellblasters on their normal ballistic skill. Because they're saying the, the reason that works is because so normally the rules commentary they did on out of phase abilities will pick that up. Mm. But Hellblasters rule, and you're right, leading it back is or just to rewrite the rule is it doesn't specify a phase. It says you shoot. It just says you shoot. So yeah. it's not saying you're in the shooting phase where the out of phase rule will pick it up. 
It's written like Dark Pact. It just which, dodges it. Yeah, Dark Pact dodges. Right, which, I mean, Dark Pact should, because that's your, your whole army ability. Yeah, it's fine, yeah. But the Hellblasters, by not saying shoot as if you were in your shooting phase, does yeah. leave that grey area of... They're better shooting on death than... In, a, you, in Overwatch. Yeah, because it incentivizes you to use Hazardous on yeah. Overwatch so that they get to shoot twice. It's weird. Of them. weird. Is it still that way in the Codex? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's not been changed. Tabletop Tactics were not impressed. Yeah. <laughs> they, they were very angry when they were... They were playing their New Marines Codex game, and even though they were benefiting from it and cheering when like four dies to Hazarus, straight dead. away they were like, "It is stupid that this rule exists." Yeah. They'll, um, they'll get it in the next. They I'm will. Sure, they get it in January. Or even if you had to take the hazardous role, because you don't have to take the hazardous role, I don't mind if the idea is, "Oh, you can chance this," but you're taking another hazardous role, hmm. and then a one, two, three, you pull <coughs> another guy. Because the idea is, you know, your gun started to overcharge. You've pulled the trigger again for one last shot. Because you've pulled the trigger, you've got more of a chance of. Yeah, yeah. So if there was more of a negative side, I'd be, I'd be keen. It's weird the, that there is no FAQ, but there is this really weird, convoluted rules commentary pack that just adds way more words to it. It's like just a simple yes or no with some rules. Like the the out of phase ability stuff, and so you, the shooting phase stuff in with pistols and big guns never tire. It states in your shooting phase you can do this, which means on an Overwatch there is now this ambiguity. And some tournaments are ruling that you can use a pistol in an Overwatch when you get into melee because you can shoot a pistol in engagement range, and you can shoot out of combat for big guns never tire. But then other tournaments are ruling you can't. So it is now a bit of a not a wild west, but it's down to tos. And as long as tournaments are playing. You know, it's clear from the offset, but it is. It just feels like one FAQ just to neaten up some of the bits would be quite nice. That's a funny game, though, isn't it? Tos, like different tournaments having slightly different rules. It's, it's, it's talk about the one that struck. Uh, oh our God! Oh, one. Oh yeah, they. We went to one as the first one of tenth edition for us. Um, they ruled it where abilities where you can re-roll or hits, uh, they ruled it that you can only re-roll failed hits yeah. because there are abilities where <clears throat> even if you are successful, you want a six, so you fish for sixes to get extra bonuses. They ruled it so you couldn't do that, which is stupid because I think if you want to be an idiot or run that risk of fishing and roll nothing but ones and more more fails then do it like, wasn't it specifically oath of moment though well it was I, I would say it was indicative of that TA not being that experienced mm. because it felt like he'd been he basically went to a tournament got kind of fucked over by oath of moment and he was like oh, this is a load of rubbish but he impacted in, um, with that ruling Space Marines weren't super strong. No. He just made them even weaker. Yeah. And it just felt like a bit of a, frankly, a bit of an immature kind of reaction. Didn't have the whole context of power across the game in mind for the tournament. It's the classic sort of taking your local meta as an indication of yeah. the wider world. Yeah. Like, we've had locally armies spiking and doing really well that in the meta aren't and yes. we've had armies that are fantastic in the wider meta and have just been doing nothing locally because yeah. when you're looking at a wide meta the people using those things are far more experienced yeah. and know exactly how to exploit it and how to work on it whereas like 
Gene Stealer cults. We've got one Gene Stealer cult player locally who isn't as experienced and said like all of the movement stuff is just good player. Good, very good. Yeah, player. yeah. knows the rules really, really well. Played in that often, does he? Doesn't play them that often. Yeah. D- doesn't play them at the level that the tournament players are playing them. He's not a meta chaser at all, is he? Not yeah. at all. So, so you don't have the problem by playing against Gene Stealer cults is just an instant loss or was before the balance changes because he hasn't got the the experience of doing those things. Yes. And I think that that's one of the reasons when you kind of, when it comes to looking at certain tournaments for a win rate, doesn't always necessarily work because if you rock up to a tournament, like, you know, a, a, just a local tournament that happens to break the 20 player limit or whatever's been set, yeah. but it's the local club plus friends and you rock up with your sweaty meta, you know, Eldar or whatever list. Yeah. And you absolutely annihilate everybody at the tournament. Yeah, your win rate spike. It's an entirely theoretical scenario that you're talking about, isn't it? <laughs> no, but I, I mean, I was on the receiving end of you know. I mean, I went to that Didcot tournament um, with Deathwing just after it was yeah. the last weekend of Ninth Edition before they lost their transhuman, yeah. and you know, and you did you came third. I came third. Yeah, very good result. It was a good result, but I that first game, my opponent scored not a single primary point. I've never played a game that one sided at all. Um, was that a humble brag? No, no, no. It was a little bit, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Perhaps, but what I mean is that I've, I've never played a game that's been that one sided. It was very indicative of yeah. that meta going up against the, player, a less experienced player yeah. who, because I'd brought a, a tuned list that I knew how to use, he lost really badly. And then I played somebody in the second round that was more experienced than me, uh, you know. Was talking about his London GT experiences and stuff, and all the chess clock shenanigans, which I won't get into because that could be a podcast in of itself. Throw shade, and yeah, but I, you know, I lost that game, and I I lost by about twenty points, and that was, I think, a representation of when you've got a semi decent player, or you know, going against somebody that's new with a meta list, you end up with these stupid spikes that just shouldn't really occur. Yeah, um, and definitely and you, were good at that point, and but, you always get it's relatively regardless of the strength of the army, the player will have more influence on the result than the army 80-90% of the time. I think as, as well with the most recent data slate I've noticed with Orcs, all of the, the their win rate stayed about the same, but the lists that are doing well are all wildly different. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <clears throat> so there's, there's like an internal meta as well. Yeah. Because there are some like within the index, there was there was one list that was running like fifteen mega knobs, and then there was another one that was running a Gorkonaut. And no one's run a Gorkonaut since like seventh edition. Yeah. They're terrible. But now they've had a points drop. They've got some shooting. You can run them now, and it's it's also that it's like it's not just the faction that makes the yeah that makes yeah. the win rate. You look a lot of stuff that goes into it. And, but I think people look. Um, I think there's a bit too much attention paid to win rates. Especially when you step back from the stats and think about, you know, what what is a because we all get quite especially recently there without being too strong, but you compare like a fifty eight percent win rate to a forty eight percent win rate and look at what that really means at one hundred games. It's ten games difference. It's mm. not. It's not like no one's got a chance to beat them type of stuff. Um, the problem is when you get those stronger armies with a good player. That's when it becomes impossible. Yeah. So, well, the, but the good player has more influence than the the army, the faction. And I think that, that was quite, uh, the London GT was a really good example. If you look at the two chaos lists that made the shadow rounds, yeah. one was this cultist, accursed cultist spam list, yeah. 
and the other was Chosen and Rhinos and Chaos Lords and Warp Talons. And they were massively, massively different and played in massively different ways. Yeah. And you've got two clearly very, very good players that have used the codex in two different interpretations and ended up with really good results. And I think that's when you've got a codex that is really well internal balance that you can crack out good two sign, lists. Yeah. I think that's a, that's actually a sign of a really yeah. healthy meta game yeah. is that there are multiple lists from a single faction that can do well rather than it just being like the cookie cutter. Yeah. And that's probably boring, isn't it? Eldar, yeah. I think, at the start was that you could look at a list Rays and... Knights, D-Cannons. Yeah. <laughs> something spinners. Yeah. and you, But you could look at every list and it'd be three of this, three of that, three of this and then Every list had like one rogue unit. You couldn't quite understand why it was there, but the player did understand. Yeah. And now, I mean, I was the Wargaming Live, um, I was watching the other day, talking at uh, the final um, Chaos versus Eldari. And the guy, I can't remember his name, that, that runs it was saying that he'd checked uh, just Joe. Yeah. his uh, local shop was selling four Silesque models, the, the demon, the Slash demon, mm. um, on the Friday. And the before the tournament, before the tournament, right, yeah. and they had four in stock. And he checked a few other websites. I think he said, and by the Sunday, when that chaos player had made the final round with Celeste in the list, <laughs> there were none left in stock. And that's really silly because that's somebody going, "Well, that really good player won with that model, so it must be the model." Not, I mean, my, most of my background in tournament plays from card games, and you see the exact same thing. Yeah. You, you'll see like somebody win a card tournament with a rogue deck, and the card will spike by three hundred percent in price. Yeah, and. It's just the way that it goes. There it's are, understandable, isn't it? Yeah, yeah people yeah. look to the top players to kind of how do I do better? Yeah, yeah. Well, it makes like list building that easier. So, oh, okay, what are the that are that list one? Okay, so there's clearly something in that, and then you try and copy that and I'm, then fail. I'm go- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've all been there. Going Except back Steve. to the changes that tenth edition has made, I feel like you get a lot more of those little like modular plug-in parts of an army like I was saying the other day about Tau you've got the yeah. insane output from the crisis suit but then you also put Dark Strider leading a squad of Pathfinders deep strike bubble. with the uh, drone that reduces charge range you've now got a unit that essentially denies a quarter if not maybe a third of the board mm. and that's 200 points so you can just plug that into a list and you know it's going to do the job it needs to do and then you build the rest of the list to yeah. support that so yeah I like that little it's the internal balance, isn't yeah, it? As yeah. well, and I think that that I mean, accursed cultists. Without that, one of the best models the Games Workshop have produced. They are they look awesome. awesome. Or, I remember looking at them when I was first painting them, going like, "Oh, this is cloth. That's skin." And there's all the tears <laughs> and the skin. I mean, it's awesome, but not great in ninth. I, you know, I had a big blob of them. I had a dark commune. They looked awesome. I enjoyed painting and building. Rubbish. Tenth edition. They're really fun. One of the best. And they're they're, they're enjoyable to play. They look cool. And cipher. One of the coolest characters in 40k, just because what the hell's he up to? What's his agenda? Yeah. I, you know, I, personally, I think he's one of the coolest characters in 40k. <laughs> his novel was really, really good fun to read because it was all possibly not true and nonsense. And for a very brief window, you could run Cypher in a good army list and have a really. He was fun. Oh, because of his, his increased low and operative. CP, yeah, and the CP. Yeah. And then they changed that CP thing. Um, and then Cypher was less fun after that. And I. So that so that changed. So this so in going from ninth edition of Warhammer forty k into tenth, and there was this simplification drive, and they we've already talked about how they've probably done that fairly well. There's bits where they haven't, but that's an example where they've done it really badly. Yeah, 
So you've got stratagems to affect the course of a game and you pay points to do them in the middle of the game. And they've all got these three arbitrary categories that no one in the entirety of 40k has ever paid attention to. I don't think the rule writers do either. And then recently they made that, they tweaked those rules to say you can only increase the cost of one of those categories. And all of a sudden everyone's like... Name me that category as well. Battle tactics. Battle tactics. Oh, it is. Sadly enough, yeah. uh, Sorry, Jonah. I couldn't tell you. The Eldar, the Eldar strats, I, off the top of my head, couldn't tell you which one's a battle no. tactic, a strategic player, they the blue whatever ones? the last one is. Um, if for, so I know for Chaos it's the Armour of Contempt one is yeah. which is really good because I got to use that for the first time because it's 2CP um, and I think I even used that in our game possibly Jono uh, mm. and so that was quite fun but yeah, it's the Corn one I think is the fight on death for Corn is battle tactic but then your Nurgle one isn't your I don't know if Profane Zeal is it might be but it, it's just made it so much clunkier and having to like sit there and the blue ones. Yeah. I know blue mine ones. aren't. No, I was just get, I was just going to say that my blue ones are strategic ploy and oh. battle tactics. Oh yeah, it's but, not even color coded. Or some of the green ones. What, what the what fuck is, that? is it? And but, why? But this why color code them? What does this mean? But if you color coded them, I think the the blue ones, the fixed ones, and the the other four are the ones that will change depending on which detachment you are. Or is it when you no, do so it? We have one detachment. But I don't because you will keep that when the codex comes out. So I don't know if. I think. Oh it's no, just, blue. Oh no, I thought I had a correlation about like phases. No, no. there's no correlation that makes no sense. But I wish I wish that <laughs> one, that even though you can't necessarily access all the data slates for free, it would be really handy if on the app you could access your opponent's stratagems for free. Because that's where a lot of the gotcha shenanigans can come from. And if you were just able to look and have that open on your phone or your tablet or whatever yeah. and go, right, I'm playing, you know, custodes, so I know they can do this. He's got one CP, two CP, she's got, you know, whatever. You can then plan that ahead whereas mm. just going in blind and having to rely on your opponent to be actually honest with you which a good or, opponent will be or you need like a 10 minute introduction like hi i'm billy bob what is my I army you know fucking hate the essays that i'm given at the start of games i tune out me too uh, it's like just tell me what's your toughest and you still won the tournament yeah, <laughs> yeah because good? Yeah, because it was Mortarian and a couple of demon engines that no one could fucking kill at a thousand points. <laughs> I just ran up the board and said hello. Um, but I, I don't care. It's like, just tell me the key, the yeah. key points. Tell, What's tough? Tell me the gotchas. Yeah. What I need to stay away from and what I need to dig into. What, what's going to kill me? Yeah. What can't I kill? That's all I need to know. In yeah. Death Guard, that used to be everything. Yeah, so. yeah, it's like, don't worry about it. Just do what you You play your game, I'll, I'll die. My I'll models die. I'll, I'll believe it's happening. Yeah. I'll just pick my models up now. Yeah. I generally lower the expectations of um, my abilities for my opponent by saying, is that a choppy dude or is that a shooty dude? And they think they're talking <laughs> to an absolute imbecile. And then, you know, vaguely. Steve scores 97. Vaguely. <laughs> Um, that must but, be lowering as time goes on. Yeah, the more people get to know <laughs> yeah. you. But that's, I, I agree with you, Jono. That whole essay at the start, it's just too... Like, we've already said the game's complicated. I don't. How can I memorise these 23 rules that you're telling me? <laughs> that's the big place where it's got less simple is the data sheets. And it does get easier once you... as you know, Again, because there's the meta list and most people will run X, Y and Z. So yeah. most Chaos players run Chosen now. Yeah. So you know there's the advance and charge. Hellblasters shoot on death, um, you know, phantasms. You know, you, you kind of get the little bits there. You know what's going on with But in your local pickup game, if you've not put the effort in, I mean, I was talking earlier before we started recording about playing Grey Knights and just not knowing what things did. Yep. 
and then making big mistakes that meant I was really out of position because I just didn't have it in my head that if I move towards that, he can just pick it up. And yeah, if I move away from it, he's not going to pick it up, but at least I'm going in the, a diff, you know, I've yeah. got some control over the game here. Um, and, and that's where there's a, there's a real ceiling on competitive 40k because unless you effectively learn all of the best armies and all their common strats and abilities, you just won't do well at big tournaments. And that's why, you know, personally, I don't really feel the need to go to big tournaments because I feel like if I want to go there and do well, I'll have to learn. Rather be a big fish in a small pond. (laughs) I'll have to learn 10 indexes, all the strats. I'm like, it's just going to surprise me and it's going to annoy me. So I think Russell Tassin, um, he's one of the better chaos players in the world, I think, said in ninth that the best reason to be honest about your gotchas is that it makes your opponent play cautiously. And if you're actually saying that unit can advance and charge, even if you never plan to advance and charge them for one <laughs> CP, your opponent is stood there going, all right, so they've got a threat range of 18 inches. And the same with Forge Fiends. As soon as I say, for one CP, I can effectively give that loan operative. Yeah. Good players go... I always forget. But, but, no, but good <laughs> players go, right, I'm going to shoot that. They so pull the CP Yeah, because I've, I've got to pay the tax. Yeah. Players that aren't as experienced go, all right, I can't shoot that. And they just ignore it. And I've kept, I've kept that CP. You've done it for zero CP. Yeah. yeah, and so actually being honest with people about those things, like, oh, my Hellblasters will shoot on death. Somebody's then going, oh, it's not worth shooting Hellblasters because if I kill one of them, they're just going to shoot me. And you kind of, you, you end up in that situation. So I think it's good to be honest about your gotchas and your big things. Yeah, I really agree. But you that. don't need to be honest about like the, and he's got a, a Reaper auto cannon, and that is Dev Wounds on a six, and it is Strength 7 AP, yeah. 2 damage 1. And it's Strength 6 minus 1. Oh, hang on. No, it might be Strength 5. Let me just check. I, I just okay. couldn't care less. <laughs> Tell me when you're shooting. Yeah. Particularly with Strength 7, because what, what is that? Re- you know, it's ruining virtually everything on a three. <laughs> Let's be honest. Like, what are your rate points? Is it a vehicle? No. Okay, we need three. It's ruining the Scarecrow boys on a five, because I'm going to spend one PCP for a minus one to win strategy. They're well armed. And Mortarian won't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Oh, oh well, I was gonna say it, that was cool to play against you and your yeah. avatar, but then I funny made. But then you made all your saves on the avatar. <laughs> I <laughs> done zero damage. You, so your what does your rule do for the avatar? Because my avatar halves damage. Yeah. Me? So Mortarian has a six-inch bubble of ignoring any bullshit. Uh, That's the exact word in the codex. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, six inch aura of uh, ignoring uh, modifications to um, like oh characters modifying characteristics. I think it's yeah, it's basically for the roles and abilities as well. I think that's it, what it is. it's yeah, but it's one of those that again has been like stupidly big on Reddit because you've got the clear interpretation, which is that it get bypasses things like your avatar's thing yeah. and your weapon damage and you know those, those sorts of things. But then some grot online that has gone and found the most obscure word <laughs> in the no offense to grots, um, that you know the most obscure word in the rules commentary, and gone like, mm, how are TOs ruling on this? And you're like well, the same. Yeah, you're so boring. How, how it's written, but then you've got a thousand comments of either people going, "You're a prick, shut up," or some other people going, well, "Good yeah, point." <laughs> I, I played this and Mortarian killed ten Terminators, so I think you're right. This was my opponent lied to me, and, it, and actually just having a clear. No, no, and that's the FAQ. Just having a does this impact? Yes, 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 it does. It does. Yeah, um, but I, I do really like. I, well, I didn't like it at the start, and I do like there are now less vehicles in tenth. At the start, it felt like there was a lot of armor required to play tenth. 
I hear the vehicle's coming back. No, it's what put me off my Dark Angels because I, I, I had my Deathwing and I had my speeders and my bikes, and that's what I, it's the thematic Dark Angels. It's why you play Dark Angels. You don't play them to play green ultramarines. You know, you're playing them for the Terminators and the Raven Wing. And because you love a little cheeky, well, are they traitors joke? Because it never gets old. Um, <laughs> even though there's a book out now confirming they're not. Anyway. Um, but now it's... Not, not a sore point. No, I've got to take three gladiator lances and I've got to run aggressors. And I've, you know, and I, I just didn't, I didn't like that that was kind of what, I, I didn't own any of the stuff to begin with because it wasn't how I enjoyed playing them. And you, you could play Dark Angels in a very fluffy and competitive way in ninth. Mm. And I think there are some armies that you're not, quite able to play in that fluffy and thematic and competitive way yeah. at the moment and hopefully that will change when the detachments come and we'll start to see more but I just don't have it in me to go and buy like three gladiator lancers and four Chester redemptor Lancer. dreadnoughts yeah, but tanks deals. are cool though yeah. imagine a, tanks are cool. a space marine list which is just a tech marine and 20 dreadnoughts oh you mean the ultramarine yeah. dreadnoughts yeah. Yeah. It's, it's horrible play drum Andrews <laughs> give, it, give it a month theory. Yeah, because well, I, I think that space marine detachment for the vehicles is like the one of the strong. One. Yeah, really? Yeah. So like, I've only paid attention to the advance and charge one. Yeah, <laughs> quite right. speed. Yeah, Violence, forwards. You say. Yeah. I think like three redemptors, three ballistas, three other tanks. Brutalis. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, they're very snake. One of the really good <laughs> things that um, I think they're doing with strats now, and it's just because you've mentioned the space marine detachments, and they've done it in the Chaos Codex is rather than having like your 40 stratagems, you've got your, your six or eight, I can't remember, is it six or eight? Six. Six. They've got like a little second statement on a lot of them now. And it's really good for chaos because you've got your six strats and then if you're taking a mark, you get a little bit extra. So you corn, you fight on death in a three or four, you're zinch, you can heal D3 or Reza models, Slanesh, you can cool, advance cool and charge thing. rather than just falling back and shooting. So it's got those bits, but the marine ones, the the white scout, white scout detachment has like a little bit where if you're mounted, you get this extra ability. And that's really nice because oh, okay. you don't have many gatekeeping stratagems where yeah. you can run your Blood Angels and the White Scars one or your, your Dark Ultra Angels Wills. or your Templars. <laughs> yeah. But you're not having to go, oh, I can't use half the strats because they're all for bikes now. Mm. If you play them thematically as they're meant to be White Scars or maybe Ravenwing now, you can, you can benefit more from them. And if you want to go, well, this is also fluffy for Blood Angels, I'll take Blood Angels. You're still benefiting. You're not getting that's shut good. out. So there's that great fluffy element, but not being fluffed out as well. Yeah. Do you reckon? When do you reckon we'll see a different mission pack? Because that will eventually happen. That soon? Yeah, I think January. I, 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 maybe uh, six months. I'd say hopefully not. Like yeah, maybe six months. I think. I can't remember what they did in ninth. I, I think it was one, six though. months, wasn't it? A season is yeah. what they yeah, cast it. So Arcs of Omen and then... Well, don't forget in this one they've got more variety built in because you've got three different mm. characteristics of each mission combo, haven't you? You've got the kind of mission rule, the primary mission and the deployment and they've... Yeah, you can swap them all around. Yeah. They might tweak, maybe tweak a couple of bits. For that, make the ritual more complex. For <laughs> tournament paper, everyone's just using Chilling Rain, aren't they? By and large, yeah. Yeah, so... Well, I mean, the games works up themselves. So it's just, yeah. Use Chilling Rain. It's like... Nine out of the twelve, they've done chilling rain, yeah. haven't they? Yeah. Which means, by the way, no extra yeah, complicated no rules. It's just simple. no explodes on a six to advance because yeah. you've stepped on a mine. Yeah, <laughs> it's up the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You take like one mortal wound if you're on a six on an advance because you've stepped on a mine, which is kind of fun, but at the same time, like 
Come on. <laughs> Can't wait to advance my Storm Boys through and charge them and then take mortal wounds from advancing and mortal wounds from charging to blow up the whole squad. Which is, that's the, those are Crusade rules. I think yeah. that if they were in Crusade, really cool, really fun. But I just can't imagine going to a tournament in my life. I cast Lords on one wound. I paid my CP for my advance and charge. I roll a six and that's him dead. And so, oh, all right. But it was that first one, didn't we? We drew everything for that um, yeah. for round. Yeah. Which is weird. I think of the admin required. Yeah, so that first tournament we went to, they, um, as we said, it, it was a really nice club and they ran it very well on the day. But there's some, there's a few kind of little oddities there. And one of them was instead of setting standard missions, so everyone in rounds one, two, and three were playing the same mission for kind of fairness, everyone was doing random stuff. So you could well get a good mission for you on round one, pump 100 points in, and like someone gets a bad mission, gets wins, but gets 50 points, and it's, it's a bit odd. It, it would have been nice if, if they wanted to do the random, the TO is like, all right, this is our deployment, this is yeah. our mission rule, yeah. this is the actual mission. And that, that would have been cool. Yeah. But I think it was very early days, wasn't it, that tournament. Johnny, I think a good thing for this podcast, a bit of content, oh, would yeah. be the story of you going to that tournament, how you did, because you're committed to Death Guard, really, for yes. this, well, a lot of this edition, if not all of it. Yeah, but you did a. a we'll, cert- see if it, we'll see we'll when players drop. Yeah. <laughs> but before data slate at that tournament, you had a certain level of success, and then after the data slate, and with your practice going into the data slate, and with the improved death guide, you did slightly differently your next tournament, didn't yeah, you? Yeah. So that first one in Stratford, I came like bottom. That like two players dropped, so I placed above them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I came effectively last. Uh, you won Best Sportsman. I did win Best Sportsman and I got the Power Fist for it. So. Which is the most gracious loser usually, I, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, Very harsh. <laughs> but it was a, I had a great day and um, I learned a lot from playing the Death Guard there. I think there's a lot to be said for playing a shit, like in quotation marks, a shit army when they had 30%. But then we done one at the shop at Mystic uh, three weeks, four weeks, something like that. A little while ago, yeah. Uh, and I took a tweaked list um, with some help from you, Steve. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I won it. I came first. Hey. And yeah, because they got a slight update, and I just I know Death Guard now. But they so they they trimmed some points, so you were a bit cheaper in the in the units. Got yeah. a few extra rules, but I I mean I think. You would have probably done well, but the practice, like knowing the army into then the data like, changes, meant you were ready yeah. Yeah. to win with them. It's not just picking up a list for like, you know, people yeah. who've got 20 armies or just eBay a job lot. Yeah. And yeah. You, you've played the army for months. Yeah. And then they got good, not, or better, not necessarily good, but better. Yeah. Not just going, I mean, look at the volume of Votan players at the LGT. Like, it massively jumped up. Yeah. And nobody was playing Votan up until that point. And actually, that you know, then you've got your cards and you're faffing around, and that's when mistakes are made and things get sloppy and you have disagreements. And but actually, yeah, it was, it's cool when somebody actually sticks with an army. And oh, yeah, I knew, what I, was, I knew what I was doing. Yeah, um, fucking winning. <laughs> and when you get the reps in as well, you learn more about your like your, your output and your the like, amount of toughness you have. You learn those limits like inherently. Yeah. So you know if it's worth going for a charge or worth shooting at something 
just better than when you first started playing. Yeah. Uh, I did find that I was picking and choosing what I did charge, where where Mortarion went, what what he was doing, um, and just positioning. Well, I, I knew where to go. And still, I'm learning more and more. Um, so, yeah. What was I, your... Um... What was your most valuable unit in that tournament win you had? Oh, Mortarion. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. The 400-point unit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the uh, unit that... 325, thank you. <laughs> um, 325? Uh, it no, might he's... be 315 now. <laughs> the Lion is 380. I'm looking that up. Mortarion, Not a bit Mortarion is low 300s. That's so what What did he do in the tournament? Was he just like Wellard? He was just... Wellard, wouldn't die. He died once in the three games. And murdered everything. Nice. It was so good against um, my second game against Ian and his just tanks with yeah. his Imperial Guard. Mortarium was in his deployment. 325. 325, there you go. Uh, Mortarium was in Ian's deployment messing up some tanks nice. each turn. Um, and that, that was the first time I kept like um, assassinate or bring it down because... Yeah. I failed the charge. You were like, next turn we're going in. He was on no objectives. He was doing nothing. I was like, this is easy for me. I'm just going to score an extra five points. Yeah. And I did. Yeah. And the playburst crawlers creeping up and just mopping up behind him. And that sounds like, your was that your best moment of a tournament win? That Mortarian mop up? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, I was nervous going into the last game though against the Chaos Knights. I just didn't know what to expect. Yeah. Um, but knights are like that, I think, aren't they? The, you've either, you know, you've either got it in your list to play knights, or you you don't. Yeah, uh, I think it was the best. I I wouldn't have done. I don't think I would have done as well against Smithy's Chaos Knights because his was sh- more shooting, whereas the one I went against was like all melee. So he had to come to me, get in my contagion range, and oh, where nice. I chose mm. the one that worsens the weapon and ballistic skill by one meant when he was bracketed it's minus two yeah so he went, from, hit, he yeah. went from hitting on what uh twos to fours which is massive yeah mortarian went like three rounds of combat with chaos knights he is such a tough bastard he did die but yeah but i played martin um one of our local players who's just pivoted not pivoted picked up death guard um and I bombed into Mortarion with two full units of Accursed Cultists. And because of that minus one damage strat you can drop on him. Yeah. they Even with the volume of attacks that the big boys have, lethal hits and plus one to hit and wound in that first round of melee, they just couldn't. I got him down to like four wounds across like three rounds of melee. And at the end, I had to like, a Forge Fiend had to come like running around a building <laughs> and just shoot straight into the Maelstrom to put Mortarion down. And it was, yeah, it was insane. Did he go down in points? Yeah. How much was he before? Was he about 360 or something? Uh, I think he was 345. Because he's about the same price as Abaddon now. He's about 10 points higher. Mm. Which is... But he can't lead anyone. No. So that is... But he does have a 5 up film in pain. It's that. It's the ignore damage... Ignore the modifiers is his big. And the reroll ones. That, I think they're the two But I makes think him so valuable. Me and Martin were talking about Mortarion. And him just existing on the table is it's like with your fortune that threat of a so you can't shoot it it means 
oh, it's like, oh, Mortarian, I have to kill Mortarian. It's like, fine. Seventeen hundred points is then gonna fuck you up because you've spent yeah, yeah. your two thousand points trying to bring him down. So I've got the better trade in this scenario. Yeah, Mortarian's dead, and that I do lose some uh, really crucial bonuses. But hopefully, I've mopped up. Yeah. After that, it's the classic distraction pan effects, yeah. isn't it? Ollie, what was your um, most valuable unit in the tournament? In the 1k unit, yeah. uh, I think it was the end of the game was my most valuable unit. <laughs> <laughs> the, the 1k tournament did not go well for me. I, I, I made mistakes in this building, so I shouldn't have taken the flash kits. Yeah, your shooty orcs. Yeah, because yeah, they're really good. They put out a lot of damage, but they cost a lot of points. Yeah. And my the strength of orcs is you just have more stuff on the board. Uh, the Squidcock boys, always impressive. They just don't die. They kill things in melee. Um the flash kits were good um, in my second game against Black Templars. They destroyed an, a whole squad of Crusaders with Chaplain Grimaldus. Yeah, mm. which is Grim- not easy to do. Yeah, yeah. they're tough boys. <laughs> and and they're, you know, they've got good guns. They're no slouch. They've got four attacks each in combat. And they're dirt cheap. But at 1k, it was 20% of the army. Yeah. So mm. they can only cover so much of the board. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Squidward boys probably. Isaac, what about you? <laughs> um, I don't know. I was quite happy. I was quite happy with my army in general. I think I it's probably one of the better lists I've written. Hmm. There wasn't anything in it that I thought was was rubbish. Yeah. Um, I mean, the obvious ones are like your Forge Fiends and your Obliterators uh, because they are brilliant. And they, when you spike, they. I mean, two two uh, Obliterators put like fourteen wounds into Magnus or something. Yeah. Fifteen wounds. It he, was, he definitely died. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean that was. <laughs> But that was like you know they when they swing when they spike they spike their their drawback is the D three shots, um, which kind of slows them down a bit. But I think the, probably the chosen were a, a bit of a low key. It's the first game I'd really start. Well, I think we played chosen in our practice game, mm. but I hadn't really used chosen in tenth because I've always been a big Terminator fan. And the three wounds is big, yeah. And because a lot of the AP in tenth isn't crazy when everyone's getting covered all the time yeah so much. being on a five up save most of the time meant that not having a vulnerable save wasn't really the end of the world yeah it became a big problem when i played martin's death guard with that extra ap yeah because marine they were just going down so that that yeah. changed a bit um, and i felt that was really good to marines but the chosen being able to advance charge and shoot things like your cleanse good all round, um, aren't they? yeah you can get onto objectives quite nicely and i've just looked at warp talons so i'm going to try some warp talons now because they've got 12 inch move advanced charge and shoot for one cp for slanesh that's an 18 inch objective jump for a cleanse yeah uh, if you roll well so which i think chosen were a low key um and steve well, what was before oh, we go you came third i did come third yeah yeah um i had a very very i think well actually played. the best game of 40k i've played against steve we had an awesome like open tactical kind of trading game didn't we yeah <laughs> everyone was dying i mean it was it was a bloodbath two three units each left by turn three or something yeah and i think one of your units had like one guy in it and yeah I, like, <laughs> oh i was on fumes yeah <laughs> but that, and i think that was when magnus died i got lulled into that like the big guy is down the game is over yeah and i think to an extent you maybe thought i'd swing it as well i don't know i think i think you had um but that at that point we ended my favorite part of the game <laughs> Yeah, the, the Steve is. Um, I'll say this on Steve's behalf, so he doesn't have to. Steve's for a start. Steve's movement phase is. Steve is probably the, he is the best player at the table. I'll say oh, that for thanks, him. Um, <laughs> You've been waiting. Yeah, an hour and ten minutes. Yeah, I'm not so I want to say that. About time. Uh, yeah, we got Steve's movement phases are 
probably famous in the shop because he can stand back for 10 minutes not moving anything and then he's that's it you're fucked but steve is famous for his we've got one turn left and and it happens every time i think i'm going to beat steve every time i look <laughs> and i'm like right i'm 15 points ahead even in ninth 15 points ahead i'm feeling pretty good about this and then steve stands back and says right and then suddenly <laughs> there's a shit ton of points you don't know where they've come from and the game's in a very different place. And I love that um, that kind of points projection thing where you think combination of me scoring and denying yeah. together with the right plays can literally swing games. Yeah, and I think but we discussed earlier the biggest mistake I made in that game was not I didn't score assassinate on that turn. I yeah. should have been there because there were three points in it. Been it, yeah. and I had more models by maybe a unit or a couple of models left on the board, so I had yeah. a little more flexibility to yeah. have scored some stuff. So I should have, I should have been there. Um, but then I don't know how I would have done it against the Templars in the last round. Um, yeah. But because we were so low, so I think the low, it was like 50, 51, 47 or 48 or something. Yeah, yeah. It was really low scoring and it wasn't indicative of how good the game was. Um, and I think it was a bit of a shame that you then got put into the a bracket that you maybe should have got into a, a higher one. Oh, it's it was um it's fine. It was um it's fun playing an army where you've frankly got no idea how you, you you can perform. So you haven't got a sense of like the maths and how much damage you need to put in to get through what had some invuns, some field aid pains, and you know a few things that skew the maths. So for example, Magnus has got some three damage stuff, and I was firing against some three wound units, and I'm like, this works lovely. Of course, one or two Filner pains yeah. in that, and it's completely screwed. And yeah, you, you, you like half your efficiency. So, was Magnus your best unit then? No, uh, I, I mean, if, relative to points, uh, no. So, if you take points out of the equation, yes, he was definitely powerful. <laughs> but relative to points, it was the Infernal Master. Is that the shitty? He's the guy that you could <laughs> kill. Um, but he's got basically he... no. This one with a crap loan operative. Oh, no, no, he's kind of useful, but this this guy basically reaches into the warp and throws demons at you. That's how it feels playing Steve, by so the way. So it's like an 18-inch <laughs> flamer, um, and you, there's an enhancement you put on to increase the strength and the damage, and you, know, you can do some shenanigans, like extend the range, and you can shoot out of line of sight. That was really CP. good. That's really cool. Um, but all of that combined just means he, he looks at stuff and goes, you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he was only, he was like 95 points or something. Oh, wow, um, delete. Yeah, he's good. Because we had like similar, uh, maybe not. The, I mean, the fact that we both had a demon Primark, which was a, over a quarter of the army, yeah. and then some other stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, with because I had the demon engines that were just T9, T10. Five up in runs, but no one could really kill them. It yeah. took a surprising amount to kill those, yeah. and then they wouldn't kill Mortarium. So, yeah. you, I think you wrote a very, very good list for one thousand points because when you've got less points to play around with to bring that rogue anti-tank element mm. or the, the, your kind of armored contingency, and now anything over T eight is really gatekeeper in terms of gameplay because your your bolters are six. You know, you, you start <laughs> yes. to get to a difficult point. So I think your your list having all those high toughness, even though it's a low model count, you're playing the odds there, aren't you? Like, yeah. who's going to wound it? You're not when your small arms are wounded on sixes. You you're not worried about it. And now that one thousand points really is the core of my army. 
like my two thousand points is that winning winning list plus a thousand points of Terminators and mm. other stuff. <laughs> just, just, just some idiots. Yeah, it's just yeah. I don't know. Playing Death Guard Terminators, I I don't know. I mean, they look cool. I do love them. I love Terminators, but it is so depressing when somebody drops a unit in and then they kill the thing that was near them, and you're like, they just. They move four inches. They're never going yeah. anywhere on the table. That's why they only ever deploy in the middle of the board. Yeah. Yes. That's, yeah. that's all they're for. But for the Lord of Virulence. But we'll get onto that in the teams. Um, Is that in part two? That's part two. Yeah. yeah. This discussion. Yeah. Nice, I think nice. that will wrap it up for the normal 10th edition chat. Uh, so join us next time where we will discuss teams tournaments. Coming up soon. Our first one. Our first one. Yeah, you can try and explain the fucking <laughs> Yeah, I don't understand them. And Jono will zone out as it's being explained to him, <laughs> and we'll have to re-explain it. Jono and Ollie. Yeah. <laughs> no, we won't have to re-explain. We'll just do what we're talking about. <laughs> on the day, Steve, tell me who I'm fighting. I will tell you. <laughs> we've uh, I've emailed Michael all the email addresses. I've very clearly labelled Steve Team Captain. <laughs> just as. We haven't even really discussed it. Send some correspondence over. Cool. Anyway, join us next time. See ya. Bye. Bye.